Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Wednesday, November 16th. Honestly, it says it's 29 degrees outside. It feels like 23, but it feels like a nicer day than that. And uh, stand by. We are going to get into the 50s here through the weekend and early next week. So there, there is still a little bit of fall trying to push through, and I like that. Uh, I'm Jack Riggins, host here at Drive Time Lincoln, always trying to restore American values and bring some common sense and really sanity to the capital city, maybe Nebraska, maybe the nation. Depends on how far the signal goes. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. We are continuing our talk with Rod Edwards from Nebraska First Pack. Hello. Um, hello. Um, what, why are we talking to Rod? Well, we've been reaching out to various folks trying to get more than just my thoughts on the election. And, oh, by the way, the election that just never seems to end. Um, so it makes it relevant. Um, and of course, the big news, and it has, it doesn't even matter whether you love him or hate him or whatever. We've got President Donald Trump running for reelection in 2024. Um, and that is big news. And I will say this. Um, I have never seen, as I, you're hearing me say things like center of gravity, and we're trying to talk through those things at the national level and here in Nebraska. And I haven't even got to that yet in this election, but I will. Maybe today with Rod. But honestly, I have never seen a sitting, well, a former president who by all general accounts, did very well as a president of the United States. So everything you and I on the street can go, hey, my life was good, the economy was good, we're energy independent, we were uh, strategically (laughs) moving away from wars in a way that the military would be proud of and that wouldn't uh, jeopardize our allies, nor cause more harm in the world after the long global war on terrorism. And... To see the media, all the different games, and now even Republicans basically so divided over a president who in most of their lifetimes is the best conservative president they've had sit at the precipice on the day of an announcement to restore America to America be divided, it blows my mind, Rod. It just blows my mind because any other decade, conservatives would be crying for the record of Donald Trump and what he did in the presidency. I mean, it's... Now, I'm not surprised, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, you know, we're just going back to, uh, in a little bit more public manner, we're going back to what it was like in 2015 and 2016 when, when President Trump was running the first time. And, you know, you had uh, you had people that were definitely not Donald Trump people. And, uh, you know, the, the Donald Trump movement was the movement of the people. It was the movement right. of the patriots. It was not the political punditry. It was not the media. It was not the political leadership uh, you know the establishment types. It was it was a groundswell of support from the people. Well, what you're doing, what you're seeing now is you're seeing. Oh yeah. Oh by the way, after he won the he won the primary in 2016, a lot of those people they jumped right on board. I tell you, and for the first few years of his presidency, they were on board. Yeah. So a lot of those people are just going back to where they were a few years ago, and they think. 
they think they have a position of power now, but I, I think you're going to see you, you, you nailed it right on the head. I mean, when, when Donald Trump took office, he inherited a train wreck. I mean, our military was in shambles. We were in wars. We were, I mean, we were not respected anywhere in the world. We had a trade deficit. We were, well, we were where we are now. Well, we were losing in almost all every, every Everything. So, I mean, he, he took over a mess. And he built it up, and he made America great. You know, the, whoever's going to be the next president of the United States is going to have to have the tools and the skills to do that. And we know there's one person who has a proven track record of having the skills to do it. Governor DeSantis is a fantastic governor. Loved Governor DeSantis to death. But, you know, he inherited a pretty good state from yeah. former Governor Scott, Senator. So th- there is nobody else in the Republican field, or who could be in the Republican field, who has done what Donald Trump has done. And that's what I don't understand, because, okay, we can make counter-arguments about Twitter. We can make arguments about inciting January 6th. On all sides, Republicans make those arguments. Democrats certainly throw those spears. But let's just talk about the record. The thing that matters the most. I hate to say it, folks, but I'm going to go there. It's kind of like when you have a Frank Solich or Bo Pelini winning football games, and you just don't really like it for whatever reason at some point, and you go a different direction, and it all goes to heck for decades. So my point is, is take, quote-unquote, Donald Trump out of there, just put the record up against everybody else, and in a normal cycle of sanity, we all go awesome. We got a great candidate. So we call that 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 in politics when we're doing polling, we call that a blind candidate test. And with a blind candidate test, you do in any polling, especially when you're doing message development, is you put a candidate with their attributes there without telling people who the candidate right. is or actually giving any truly identifying characteristics. And if you put President Donald J. Trump's record of accomplishments as president there up against anybody in a blind candidate test, I mean, there's nobody yeah. There's nobody who's going to beat listen, that. folks, I'm not sitting here saying i'm voting for the guy but what i what i'm trying to say is if you're a conservative i can't imagine that anybody in the next two years on the conservative side can convince me that their record having not been in the office beats the record of the guy that has been in the office and is continuing to prove that not only he turned it around once but it's a big challenge to turn it again. And I just don't see why, essentially, conservatives get in the way of that. Well, they're going beyond getting in the way. You know, right. I, I think about the most pathetic thing that I've seen is are, are some of these people just saying, I wish he would go away. He shouldn't run. He's going to ruin our party. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, I, I am just like. If he here's 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 what the deal is, and here's the way the process is going to play out. In about 15 months, we're going to have the first caucus in Iowa, uh, and and the first votes actually for who the Republican nominee for president are going to be. If you do not like Donald J. Trump, find somebody and beat him. Otherwise, if the voters, if the Republican voters across the country through the nomination process 
pick Donald J. Trump to be the Republican nominee, that is the direction that the Republican voters want the party to go in. Yeah. It's not the direction that MSNBC wants it to go in. I mean, it's not the, the never Trumpers. It's not the direction the never Trumpers want it to go in. You know, it, 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 it's, it's up to the voters and, that, and that's who made the decision in 2016. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm going to support the Republican nominee for right. president of the United States, just like you. I don't think there's anybody who can beat his resume or track record. Yeah, throw uh, the names out. Just yep. it can't be done because he actually has done it. He's the only guy that's going to be in this race that's done it. And to me, granted, he's both doer and he's a talker. Okay, talkers don't bother me. Actions is where I go look for all the pertinent information about a person, a group, an entity. And so, in the end of the day, his due mark is so high that no one else realistically can challenge that. But, boy, the conservative center of gravities and the infighting is just there and we're going to have to wade through it we're going to have to go there but honestly i'm very happy to see that he announced and i loved when all the pundits were saying well you can't announce now i mean there wasn't the big red wave this that and nothing what are you talking about this is america folks you can announce when you want to announce it's called leadership he's taking the bull by the horns does that surprise anyone no it it it, it certainly shouldn't and uh, let me tell you what I thought last night's speech was incredible. Uh, it was on the right tone and it had the right messaging. You know, if he could, if he could, if he could stay on message for 15 months with that message right there. I mean, if he could have stuck to that message in 2020, he would have won. Sure. Period. Sure. So, uh, and, well, and, if he would have just stayed in the basement too, he and, probably well, could. Yeah, no, that, that's I'm a that, that's that has been a proven winning uh, okay, strategy. I, so. I want to <laughs> pivot here for a second. <laughs> I do want to pivot. I want to ask you about that, and then we'll get into uh, the GOP here in Nebraska, uh, supporting candidates as well as how do we reach younger candidates and some of the kind of hot wash lessons learned you and I began discussing on Friday. But I want to ask you, um, how is it that in the course of a three-year period, and it now is both conservative and Democrat, a strategy of not really engaging the people really just sitting in that basement, not debating, is winning. Like, I don't understand that. I I can kind of see the strategy when it was Joe Biden. Okay? I can't understand when I see local politicians around Nebraska doing it. And and some have had success with it. It Tell me that strategy. What is the strategy? I'm not, it clearly wins. So I'm not saying, oh, that's stupid. What I'm saying is, is why does that win? Well, right it's now? It, it's safe. It's looking at it's looking at electoral math. I mean, it's just you know, if you're looking at a statewide race here in Nebraska, you know, you know, you've got a majority of Republicans, you know, and if you could make the race messy enough, I mean, if you could do what happened in the primary election here in Nebraska, you know, you have somebody dropping millions of dollars against a couple different candidates. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a high, and and doing it, you get a hide behind that, yeah. And the voters get distracted by that, yeah. And and then it's and then it's safe. I mean, if it, if for some reason you avoid you avoid making a mistake in the debate, you avoid. 
I, I mean, I don't like it. I, I've always, I've well, always. But I, I'm not saying I, I don't like it as an American like voter that wants to hear. But at the same time, if I was in the 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 candidate's shoes and my best and brightest advisors showed me that that was a better chance of victory. I'd be hard pressed not to do it myself because in the end, that's the goal to and, win and the that, election, and that takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it really does because you're getting arrows slung at you for not debating, or you're right. afraid, or you're a chicken, or or you're in the basement like Biden, and and you're you're strategists, and they're and they were very, you know, if we're talking about Governor Elect Pillen here, well, I mean, that's I, I, well, I'm not mostly, specifically, but, but you mean, know what? Their, their strategists are very actually, successful. Actually, I was thinking of Fetterman. I was thinking, I mean, I, Pillen used it to a degree, but make no mistake, I, there is a big thing about him not debating, but you and I both know he was out in the yeah, circles. meeting people everywhere. He is meeting very good everywhere. one-on-one and in small groups, very good, and he yes. did that, and I applaud him for that is his style. And he did that, right? I was more thinking like how Fetterman followed that playbook, you well, know, basically from you, a hospital bed. And you could see, and you, well, they protected him, and you could see why. I mean, when yeah. he got into some debates, you can see why. Sure, uh, they wouldn't get him out there. Yeah. And but it's a strategy. I mean, you laid it out well. Um, we're on with Rod Edwards from Nebraska First Pact, uh, breaking down the election. When we left off, um, and it still is being talked about, is. The fact that uh, there is not going to be a Republican or conservative majority in the unicameral uh, as we sit today. And um, legislative races have become a big item within the NEGOP and all of us voters in this particular year because there was a lot on the line had that majority been won that's going to have to be put on pause. And there's also a lot of. Uh, different ideas on um, what just what happened with the candidates across the board and different stuff, or what could have been done better. Well, I mean, you you look and you you look at overall, and when you're talking about a majority, you're talking about thirty three. Yeah, uh, and and even even before the 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 Stu Dornan race, you know, where we had exactly thirty three Republicans. Uh, you know what, honestly. Uh, secure votes. You're only talking. You had thirty, maybe thirty-one tops. So we in have that. some quote-unquote Republicans that you, really don't follow. Yeah, the you would. You would have. You would have had two to three among that thirty-three who you could not rely on. So, so you couldn't. You couldn't really say that you've got a filibuster-proof majority with that. I mean, you need. You need a cushion, and you need to elect really good, solid people. Who uh who aren't going to, and you know it. This is you so know for so- those of us stuck on the thirty three number. The reality is is that we need a cushion bigger than that because currently we still have some soft Republicans in the unicamera. And the more and the more you have, the more you can drag people along with you too. Mm-hmm. I mean there in the last legislature there were some very strong squishy republicans, I mean who who could drag people along with them. I do believe that we're going to have a much more uh solidly conservative legislature even though we don't have 33. You know, 33 would have been nice. You could have potentially pulled the other guys across the finish line on most issues. Mm-hmm. On some issues you wouldn't have. Um you know, but but uh, 
you know, I, I think, it, like I said, I said it the other day, and we missed some opportunities in this election. And I, and it's not one person, or it's not one issue. It's not one thing's fault. I, I always like to say, if you lose an election or if you win an election, there's never one thing that sure. does it for you. Sure. Uh, I think there were a number of different things. And I said the other day, and I know some people might not be happy with it. It's, it's not really meant to be criticism to them. Uh, so much, but I do think that when we switched control of the party in the middle of the election, it hurt us. It, it hurt what the normal coordination would have been. It hurt what plans had already been in the making and in the works mm-hmm. would have been, and it disrupted what the party would have normally did well, or normally think, would normally have done in a in in some of our. And I'm talking legislative races, which yeah. is which is by well, and large and, what the party's and judged again, on. I'm sitting here with you, and and what you're saying just it's a broad picture thing. Switching offense is in the middle of the game or late in the game, it either pays off or, or it kind of stagnates. And um, that's a fair criticism, if you will. KLIN 1499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Rod Edwards is on from Nebraska First Pack. We're still breaking down the election. We can probably break down election stuff in 2022 for another four weeks, would be my guess, uh, because of the counts and how slow they're going. But uh, one of the things uh, in this quick two minutes was, you know, when you talk about changing offense, I think that people don't understand that even if the NEGOP was a seamless transition, a simple fact remains. They weren't handed over the plans. They weren't handed over the phone numbers. They weren't handed over this plan is at 50% completion and A and B need to be done. Zero. They started from nothing. 100, 100% correct, you know. And, and, and that is sad. And, and, and you know, that, that, that was the big risk. That was the risk that a few people told them about. Uh, you know, prior to doing the the takeover in the middle of the thing, you know, it, it was you knew that they were going to walk in on Monday or whenever, and the office was going to be bare. Now you hope not. You hope that there's a little more integrity than that. But the well, fact- you hope that people aren't playing like children who say, "Oh, you took my Han Solo, so I'm going to take your Millennium Falcon." And yeah, then, <laughs> but 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 the fact remains is that 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 there were no plans left behind. There was no information left behind. You know, somebody came in the in the in the night, the night of the state convention, and cleared out the office. And that, I mean, I I believe that the, that was beyond wrong. I believe that was criminal. Uh, and I don't believe anybody's ever been held to account for that. But that set them behind from the beginning. But uh, still, you know, the number one priority of any party is electing Republicans, and that should have been considered beforehand too. So, well, and I think I think that that starts about it shows how far behind the curve the switch caused the entire party to be, and ultimately really trying to play catch up all the way up until the elections. Klin fourteen hundred ninety nine. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Jack Riggins back in Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny, am I screaming into the microphone or something there? I got you turned down. This okay, fine. wow. Yeah, because your eyes about flopped out of your head there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, it is a uh, Wednesday, November 16th. Uh, Nice day today. We're going to have some good weather uh, heading into the weekend and early next week. So that's awesome. Um, tell you what, we've got uh, Rod Edwards from Nebraska First Pack. But I am still Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln, trying to restore American values um, by talking on the radio and bringing some common sense across Nebraska and here to the capital city. Because honestly, on the radio, I don't see a lot of it at times. And then there's people I do see tons of it from, uh, but then it doesn't work out, whether it be in the political circles or, say, a policing issue. You know, you think, well, yeah, we probably should lock up rioters and we probably should, uh, you know, hold them to what the law says in our little city. But we don't because we live in this bizarre world. Uh, Rod, back um, to the NEGOP just to finish on that. You know, um, they're still going to move forward. Overall, Nebraska had a a nice Republican kind of absolute bastion win, meaning great. It wasn't the blowout win, but in the end, Republicans have have dominated across the state of Nebraska. Oh, and that's a good thing. A- absolutely. I mean, you know, you you you. We took every single statewide race, uh, every federal race. I mean, winning the Lancaster County Attorney race is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Douglas County Sheriff's race is huge. I mean, so there were a number of, you know, a little bit, little tiny pickup in the legislature. Uh, like I said, the legislature will be actually more conservative and now. And it sounds to me, with your more detailed analysis, knowing it better than me, that even if there was, you know, this sweeping 33 or 34, there's still work to be done because some of the R's are lightweight R's. Yeah, we're so close. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we are really, in this election, we are so close and we had the opportunities. That's why I, I kind of say, you know, we missed some opportunities out there. And I think we we covered it in the last yeah. segment, too. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, we kind of, and I, I, I Raising my hand here, I voted for the change in the party uh, yeah. because, you know what, when I saw, I, I mean, I was on the fence a little bit. I, I talked about it all the time on the campaign trail that we need to change leadership mm-hmm. of the party so that the counties were more involved, the people, grassroots people were more involved. I always believed it should have waited until after the election taken place. and But I raised my hand and I voted after I saw the shenanigans with the decredentialing and then the very tasteless text message campaign that went on actually during uh, the convention. That pushed me and I'm sure it pushed a number of people over. So, you know, I voted for that change right then and there, but we did kind of tie our uh, one arm behind our back a little bit doing that. And I and I do think in the end that probably hurt us a little bit. You know, but but here we are. So, you know, sometimes yeah, sometimes when uh, we're looking at and a little bit of criticism's a little hard to take. 
uh, you know, I, I deserve my fair share a lot, too, and I want to hear it whenever somebody's got criticism because I want to try and grow. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, we need to learn from it. We need to grow. We need to move forward uh, and build from our experiences. And there, and there is there are things that happened in this election that we can build off of. Yeah, and, and listen, folks, it's easy for people to read into things. Rod and even myself. Nobody's saying, oh, this should be changed, that should be changed, this person. What we're saying is these are lessons that the party, the group of people that call them conservatives, need to learn from, need to adjust, and we're just breaking down some of the facts that led to it so that we can all learn. Because in the end, I'm going to thank, as you would, everybody that worked from the smallest candidates and races to the candidates themselves who put themselves out there all the way up, right, to the members of the NEGOP and people that went through change and then had to get back to parties and work. And everybody continues to work to this day. And we've elected a governor and we've dominated, you know, state-level races. But there's just more work to be done. And, and, and uh, you know, it's like, I, I like Eric Underwood. I know his heart's in the right place. I know all of his intentions are in the right place. You know, so, I mean, if I'm saying a few things here that are a little uncomfortable, you can mark my words that there are people who don't like Eric, who don't <laughs> like the new leadership, who are saying things in private and conspiring with others uh, to try and make a change. And so that's what, that's what we have to look at in in and uh you know we just have to we just have to be real yeah we do have to be real and that leads me we we opened a little bit talking about the national level center of gravity with now president trump running again now once again i don't think that's a secret to anybody that has access to donald trump i mean but again to me it should be a celebratory day and a day of unification and everybody marching forward but in fact fractured enemies within the own party and that's one of the things, before we get to young people, because I think it's important, why is there so many factions in the NEGOP as a whole, in the Republicans in Nebraska? It, it kind of bothers me <laughs> that they're that divided. You know... It, now, Democrats will say, Jack, our party's just as bad. And that might be true, but I don't talk and have the intimate knowledge of the I Democratic mean, there, there, there are people in the Democrat Party calling for Jane Club's head. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously, because yeah, they because they couldn't that. put up any. Go right ahead, Democrats, please do, because <laughs> you know, I mean, Jane Club has done a lot of good stuff for your party. I mean, you, any anybody who has a you know anybody who can look at things objectively has to admit that. But well, Jane, if you're listening, you are an honorable opponent, and I like that. Meaning yeah. you're in, you're a good fight, yeah. It, it, and that's no, you're wrong. Right, you're right, wrong. But right. hey, but you know what I mean. You, you get in the arena and you fight. You know, I think I think right now when you, why you see so many uh, fractures and factions in the Nebraska Republican Party are, you know, because because there was uh, you know there was there was one one person-centric rule for a number of years that got stronger and stronger and stronger. There that was a, a Zenith star out that, there. <laughs> that, that, that alienated a large number of people uh, in the party structure as it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, you saw, after 2020, you saw the party structure grow due to a lot of work done by a lot of people. You know, Ron Schmidt out west, Chris Vale out west. I know Matt Innes did a lot of work mm -hmm. to grow the party. Fanshawn Blythe, uh, you know, Eric Todd Watson. A lot of people did work to, to grow. And yeah, create. a lot of grassroots so, people brought so you, in. So you've got five thousand so, here, ten thousand. So you've there. got this group, you've got that group, you have the group that took over, you had the the 
the Charles W. Herbster supporters. You had some Lindstrom supporters out there. You had the, I mean, so there there were naturally three or four factions out there, and and what you see now is, and, and this is another casualty, so to speak, of of taking over in the middle of the election, and 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 you know, just I mean, you talk about drinking from a fire hose, right. you know, but but you people see a weakness now, so there there are, and it, it disgusts me. There are people who have been maneuvering in the background sure. for a leadership change type position. Yeah. During the election, people were doing this. <laughs> During the election, people were doing this. And that just drives me nuts. I mean, our sole focus up until, you know, last Tuesday, just over mm-hmm. a week ago, should have been making sure we elect Republicans. Right. That should have been the sole 100% focus, nothing Yeah, else. it's kind of like we're the Rebel Alliance. I mean, there's just people from all over that have gotten engaged on the conservative side for good reason. You know, all the issues that are out there, whether it be the schools that got you fired up, whether it be, um, you know, how Trump was kind of handled on, on his way out, you know, whether it be election integrity. There's a lot of issues for conservatives before Joe Biden took office and tanked everything to get engaged. And I think the the bigger broad message moving forward is working every day to unite that for that common good of electing Republicans. Well, and that's and that's where work has to be done. Yeah. I mean, you know, Eric is the current chairman needs to do work in in the second congressional district in Douglas County and Sarpy County a little bit and, and I know he's been working on that. Uh, and we need to reunite the second congressional district with the third and the first yeah. congressional district. Cause, cause right now there are some divisions and fractions along those lines too. Yeah. So, uh, but, but you know what? There are people who are willing to, to work it and willing to help. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful that it will all work out. Yeah. Yeah, because if it doesn't, we're just going to probably have a revolving door for a number of years, and then that's not well, going to be and, helpful. Well, and folks, if you can't understand what we're saying, it's pretty simple. If you're a conservative in Lincoln, Lancaster County, Douglas, or anywhere in Nebraska, you don't want to become the Husker football program. No. That's no. it. You don't. We don't want to have the revolving door. We don't want to have competing ideas about what's right. In the end, we have to get behind, and we have to shore up some of these things and find out what everybody's strengths and weaknesses are and play to those because we do have superstars in the state and we also have um stalwarts. We have a lot of people, including Governor Ricketts, Governor Pillen, Charles W. Herbster, Dave Heineman, Senator Fisher, you know, soon to be former Senator Sass. There are a lot of people and their experience teams that know how to do this. And there are also a lot of people that know how to integrate the grassroots in there. And we just got to get talking and get on the same page. And you know what? All of those people should be involved and, and should be at least invited to the table to be involved. Yeah. And it should be shared. Uh, you know, I, I think I think people should have taken a lesson from the fact that that it was unprecedented when the takeover of the party happened or the change in the party happened and that should have sounded a lot of alarm bells for people and it it was disappointing that a lot of the people who were in power before just walked away yeah we we always used to say in the military they went underground yeah right they just kind of went underground uh money dried up uh connections dried up that's not the way you put together a winning team but hey we've learned from it or we have a chance to now and the impacts and and to move forward i want to ask you before we get to young folks and how republicans can reach young folks 
How much do you think the holdover of this internal Trumpers, never Trumpers also played in to the last year? You know, given Charles Herbster ran, but then also the party um, had a grassroots takeover. Most people would identify that with Donald Trump. But I felt years back when I first moved back. I couldn't believe how many people were established in the community, Republicans, even in the party. And I mean, the first thing out of their mouth to me would be, yeah, are you a Trump or not a Trump supporter? And I'm sitting here going, he's the nominee of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Like, don't call me a, you know, a really smart guy. I just came out of 20 years of warfare, but uh, that's the nominee of my party and he's my president, uh, you know, hopefully elect. And that divide seemed to continue to grow even here in Nebraska. <sighs> It is, I mean, let's face it, I mean, you know, let's say Republican Party, I mean, you have extreme conservatives, you have extreme far-right mm-hmm. people, you have sure. middle-of-the-road people, you have some people who are, you know, extremely moderate, you know. Yeah, they're and, one vote from being Democrat, yeah, but they, it, you know, it, but they're it, in the party. Ex- exactly. And you know what, uh, I mean, if it's not Donald Trump, it would be something else. Right. It's always going to be something else. It's just Donald Trump gave them the central figure to. Now, I, I guarantee all those people liked what they the benefits they got from his policies oh, and the way our country was going. Everybody benefited from those actions that we talk about. Yep. Exact. Exactly. You know. But now, yeah, it's cool to say you're a never Trumper. I mean, you look <laughs> at this Lincoln Project and these idiots who did that, who ran all the way to the bank, is what they did. I mean, they, you know, this this Republican consultant class uh, that just robbed, fleeced everybody blind on this and never did a, a, a darn thing. I mean, that's so it played into this as well, even here oh, in yeah. the state. And it, it'll probably play in for the next two years. But I think when we talk about Nebraska, that's another issue that conservatives need to get on the table and work through. And, and, and it works on the other end, too. I mean, there were Democrats who a lot of the policies and things that that Joe Biden lack of policies, lack whatever you want to say. You know that that they, you know, but what the Democrats are better at doing, the Democrats are better at burying some of their, you know, sticky differences right. and saying we're going to just be with the team. Whereas yeah. Republicans were a little bit more individualistic and, and we, we kind of throw grenades into rooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, and you know, I I think I think when we when we look at the end results of this election that's going to be the 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 tale and and i here's here's the what i think happened in this election i think voters whether they were on the fence independents i, I think here in nebraska what you're going to see in talking with election officials when they finally have everything put together you're going to see that republican turnout in some key races was a little bit lower than it should have been and we lost a few more independents than we should have in some of these races i think what you saw is you know we thought the the economy was going to be the the issue which was it was a huge issue i think a lot of people gave joe gave candidates a pass for joe biden mm. i think what people did is they said joe biden let's, joe biden's an idiot he's running the country into the ground but I'm not going to blame candidate X for that because Joe Biden will be here for two more years and this candidate's going to be here for four or six or, you know, maybe this. So I think I think Joe Biden was, for the most part, you know, given a little bit of a mulligan with the candidates. That could be. And I, I would add that it seems like over the last 10 years or maybe just four or five, emotions really drive elections yes. right now instead of logic 
And certainly the way the abortion thing was portrayed by the Democrats was a winning get out the vote message. It was a lie. Yeah. Right, that abortion's illegal and all this, but it it really won. It it it, 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 it absolutely was, and that, and that factored in a little bit. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the economy wasn't as big of an issue. Abortion was a little bigger issue. The real big issue, and I know you want to talk about young people, is the real big issue is that 18 to 29-year-olds yeah. voted at the highest rate in a midterm election for the last 30-some years. And you know what it was? You know why? Why? Free stuff. Yeah. Free stuff. They were promised free stuff. They were promised yeah. loan forgiveness. They get it. They, they they get it. They get it. Be on their parents' insurance. Yeah. You know until what? I, I, it's it's all about free stuff. And you know what happened right after the election? They didn't get free. Joe stuff. Joe Biden pulled that free right. stuff you away. Don't, you don't get that. Welcome to politics, kids. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you though, on the conservative side, we, and maybe we're not, but I feel we're missing the mark, at least locally here in Nebraska on i call it the 18 to 27 year old crowd are we missing the mark on bringing them into the party and uh, mentoring them to be the future of the party and get as involved in politics as is interested as say you and i are or other grassroots people i think that we missed the mark on this up until the last year or two okay I think over the last year or two, uh, there has been a movement. Uh, the high school Republicans, uh-huh. and, and I know I talked to the Cole Lemonson. They did the, a fantastic the, the, job the, uh, out there. The, the state chairman talked about how much that the that the the state party. That's here's an area where the state party has been helping them, and I think we're hitting a uh, a break here. Uh, we got a little time, but. Uh, you know, I, I mean, th- they have got a huge group, and they're starting groups all across the state, so we're getting a little bit more influence there. We had a, a good crop of young candidates who, even if they weren't successful, you look at uh, Cameron Hall here in Lancaster mm-hmm. County, who had an extremely tough road to uh, We We had some good young candidates out there. There's another crop that's coming along talking about running. I think that bench is starting to get built back. So what it sounds like is... The seeds are there. It just takes time for the bench strength to grow and for it to flourish. And it just, but it's, it's, we're heading the right direction with young people in the Republican Party. We are now, but there was a, there was a period of time where for maybe even a decade, we did not have that bench growing. I mean, I came from the young Republican bench years ago. And and I was president of the Young Republicans of Omaha for two years, and I bragged after one election that every single race in the area, and a lot of them across the state, was either won by, run by, or staffed by a member of the Young Republicans. Yeah. And, and we we lost that for a while. Well, we're getting we're getting we're it back. getting it back. That's good to know. That's good to know. All right, we're going to come back with Rod Edwards here on KLIN fourteen hundred ninety nine three. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, Drive Time Lincoln, we're not going to have a show tomorrow. We'll have a half show on Friday. Uh, Branch Oak Observatory will be in. Rod Edwards, we're finishing up. We're talking about young folks. We've got them. We have the bench. Um, but you say it's not transitioning into votes yet. Yeah, we, 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 we've got, we've, we've got a pipeline being built. We've got, you know, a little bit of a bench being built. We've got people active, involved. Uh, but it's not translating into votes yet. Um, I think uh, as a party and, and some of our campaigns, we need to do a better job. And this is uh, stuff I do, uh, stuff I'm involved with. We need to do a better job targeting our social media towards those younger voters. 
uh, to bring them along and turn them the into voters. The messaging that uh, that they go boom that makes yep. sense to me. But but having those people involved, having the high school Republicans, young Republicans resurgent again, uh, will definitely help us along those routes because they they uh, the eighteen to twenty nine year olds did really decide what happened this last election. Rod, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Don't see the uh, social media battle space. Don't do it. KLIN 1499.